0: St. Peter's Church on 54th and Lex in New York City. This is 54th and Text. This week we're talking about the Ten Commandments. What do they mean? How do they work? And do we still need them? The Ten Commandments are everywhere. Look around you and you'll see the Ten Commandments of barbecuing, the Ten Commandments of improving your short game, the Ten Commandments of Interior Decorating. In our everyday language, the Ten Commandments are a list of tips, usually a list of tips for some way to make your life better, which is kind of funny because the way the Ten Commandments, the way the Decalogue is used in the Hebrew Bible is very different. In fact, the only thing these modern lists have in common with the actual Ten Commandments from Exodus is the number 10. So what do we do with the Ten Commandments? It's a complicated question. First, we live in the 21st century, and so some of the ideas in the Ten Commandments won't make a lot of sense to us. You probably don't spend a lot of time coveting your neighbor's livestock, for example. Moreover, as Christians, we have a unique way of reading law and gospel. If we believe the Apostle Paul when he says that a person is justified by faith apart from the works prescribed by the law, then is there any use in having the Ten Commandments around at all? Well, to get a start, let's look a little bit at the shape of the Ten Commandments. There are obviously Ten Commandments, but they break down into subsections. And I should say here that different groups number the commandments differently. For example, Jewish communities usually combine no other gods and no graven images into the Second Commandment. Catholic, Lutheran, and Orthodox groups normally combine graven images with you shall have no other gods. And just to make things even more confusing, Reformed and Anglican Christians often make graven images its own commandments. Just for the sake of making this easy, we're going to stick with the Lutheran way of doing things. Okay, so the commandments break down into two basic parts. The first part is the first three commandments, which are all about humans in relationship to God. So no other gods don't take the Lord's name in vain and keep the Sabbath. The second half comes in 4 through 10, which are all about relationships with other people, about mothers and fathers and neighbors. And if you want, you can divide those down into other subgroups. But for now, all we want to do is think about the relationship between commandments about God and commandments about other people. Now that we have that basic organization down, we have to think about how the commandments relate to one another. Are the commandments one block, or do they stand on their own, individually? From a Christian perspective, and even more specifically from a Lutheran point of view, they are interrelated. In his large catechism, Luther even claimed that the commandments are listed in descending order of importance. Now, you don't need to get totally on board with that idea to get what that means. It means that the most important commandment is that you shall have no other gods, And not just that it's the most important, but that commandment is related to all of the other commandments. Put another way, if you can't do the first commandment, then you're not going to be able to do the other ones either. One way to see that is in Luther's small catechism. Luther explains that the first commandment means that we should fear, love, and trust God above all else. Fair enough. But look at what Luther does after that. What does the second commandment mean? It means that we should fear and love God so that we may not curse, swear, use witchcraft, lie, or deceive his name, but call upon it in every trouble, pray, praise, and give thanks. You see what he did there? It means that we should fear and love God so that. that is only when we do the first commandment that we can do the other commandments properly. Luther believed that the commandments were written in order of importance. And until you could do the first commandment, you couldn't do the other ones. Now, you can take that and run with it and try to put the commandments in competition with one another. But that's really not what Luther was going for here. What he's going for is twofold. First, like we said, it's only by doing the first commandment that we can do the others. When we fear, love, and trust God, we can love our parents. We can keep the Sabbath. We can honor our neighbors. Second, Luther thinks that the law is accusatory and puts demands on us, so there's no partial credit here. Yeah, you can keep the Sabbath and you can hopefully not kill someone, but if you can't complete the law perfectly, if you can't have no other gods, then you still can't do the law. It's all or nothing. Luther also wanted to get away from the idea that the Ten Commandments were a kind of checklist for a Christian life. For an example of that, we'll think about the way he talked about the commandment to keep the Sabbath. Luther thought that what mattered here was not the external command or the outward meaning. So Christians don't need to keep the Sabbath, as it were. Luther does say that it's important to give people time off from work and time for rest. But what Luther really wants to get at here is the inner meaning of the commandment. That the Sabbath is not about what we do or don't do, but it's about providing an opportunity to rest in the word of God. Luther even makes the point that it's not us who make the Sabbath holy. It's God who makes the Sabbath and all days holy. The Sabbath is an opportunity for us. Keeping the Sabbath doesn't mean refraining from doing something as much as it means doing something, resting in the promises of God. One way to get your head around what Luther is doing is to stop and think about freedom. It's a bit of a cliche to say that Jesus frees us from the law. But freedom isn't about freedom from something, though that's certainly part of it. It's also about freedom for something, or freedom to something. To get a handle on this law-gospel relationship of freedom, let's think a little bit about Martin Luther's The Freedom of a Christian, which was written in 1520. And here, Luther plays with the idea of freedom. Luther thinks about freedom like a door. Whenever you walk through a door, you leave something behind, but you also enter into something else. For Luther, that something else that we enter into is service to our neighbors. This is that Luther writing with that famous line that the Christian is the most free of all, servant to none, but also the most dutiful servant of all, subject to everyone. The freedom that comes from being in Christ draws us out of ourselves, out of our concern for whether we're fulfilling the commandments or not, and brings us to new vision for how we can live lives of service to our neighbors. Now, if you've been following along with all this, you'll probably notice something, which is that, at least for Luther, the commandments really aren't about behavior. At least, that's not their ultimate purpose. They're primarily and ultimately about faith. For Luther, the commandments are law insofar as they drive us to God because we realize that we can't do them. But then, after faith is created in us, the commandments are no longer law, no longer accusatory in the same way. But instead, they help us see how our faith in God's promises affect the lives of others. They help us see the so-that of our faith. So do Christians still need the Ten Commandments? Well, the short answer to that is yes. There's always a place for law. As Luther wrote in the 95 Theses, Thesis 1, the entire Christian life is one of repentance. We always need law to be driven back to the gospel. But there's also a second reason why we still need the Ten Commandments, which is that we live in a culture that is filled with law. It's not the worst thing to have a road map a kind of guide to see how God works through our lives to affect the lives of others. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with a new episode. Our music is Opportunity Walks by Kevin MacLeod used under a Creative Commons 3.0 license. We'll see you next week.